Today I had a very special guest, Christina Alvado, who is currently playing Gretchen Wieners in Mean Girls. Christina is very talented and she has many experience on Broadway, national tours, film slash television, off-Broadways, and regional stuff. So listen more to... How's your day going? Good. How's yours? Pretty good. Just, you know, stay in my apartment and teaching a lot of students voice lessons. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I was told you were okay for that this is going to be on my podcast. Is yeah. Okay yeah. Absolutely. What's your podcast called? It's called Broadway Brains. I love that. When did you start it? Um, I started like a couple two weeks ago, I believe. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> what a great idea. How old are you? I'm 11. Oh my gosh. Entrepreneur at 11. That's amazing. <laughs> Where do you live? I live in Washington in a city near Seattle called Bellevue. Awesome. Well, congrats on starting a podcast. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it, I, cause it was my spring break for two weeks. Cause we had this Thing in my school called like um, project week and for a week we had project but because of corona it got canceled so and and usually we'd have that in spring break but since we couldn't do both of those we just had two weeks of spring break oh wow so you did this project for school or you just decided to do it um I just decided to do it because I didn't really have much to do and I wanted to do it That's awesome cool yeah I'm happy to be on your podcast <laughs> Um, I have a couple of questions if you want. Yes, please ask me anything on your mind. Okay, so um, my first question is like, what inspired you to get into theater and singing? Yeah, so when I was really young, I probably started singing when I was eight. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona originally. Um, so I've been in New York now for 12 years. But when I was really young, when I was eight, I started singing with my dad. He's a musician in Arizona. And we would sing at like coffee shops and different places together. Um, and that's sort of where my love for music started. And then when I got into junior high, I started, I like there was an audition for the musical. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I wanna be doing. It's singing. And then I was like, and I sure I'll learn how to act and dance and stuff and so that's sort of you know that's where I started and then the minute that I did my first musical when I was in seventh grade I never stopped I was like oh, I'm obsessed with this it's my favorite thing in the world um and I I've been doing musicals ever since when you were when do you think like you realize like this is what you want to do as a profession I think um when I was so when I was in high school I think that's when I started really, you know, realizing, oh, okay, like, I think I'm, I think I'm good at this. I think that I'm, I'm, I feel like I, I want to put a lot of work into it. Um, and it's really important to me uh, that I keep this in my life. And I sort of feel like it just ended up being like, this is exactly what I need to be doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, um, 
I started feeling competitive at auditions in a good way, in a way where I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be as good as her. She's amazing. Or like, I, I want to be in that role. It's perfect for me. And so I think, um, I think that that sort of, once I realized how much I loved that, I went, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need to be doing. Yeah. And did you, in your career, did you ever hit like a point where you just like felt like this, like you didn't want to do it anymore or like you just like hit a stop, like you weren't getting any auditions or stuff like that? Definitely. I feel that all the time. I think what's complicated about, you know, show business and Broadway and stuff is that it can be very, um, hard is not the right word. It can be really challenging because there are a lot of times where in my career over the 12 years I've been doing this, I have felt like, oh my gosh, am I enough? Like, am I good enough for this? Oh, I don't think that person really liked my audition. What does that mean about me? And then times where I haven't worked. So sometimes I'll have a year of not working between shows and it makes me miss acting and it makes me question if I'll ever you know, do a show again. But in those times in between, I reconnect to the things that matter to me, like just singing for fun instead of singing for a job, you know? Um, and that helps me kind of reconnect to what I love about this. And then when it's challenging, it's worth it, you know? It's worth getting through those difficult times because once you get to the other side of them, it's wonderful, you know? And the hard work pays off. Yeah, adding on to the stuff about being challenging, in my school, we do a couple performances and so we have, um, and they're, it's, they really make sure that we all feel like happy and safe, like, because sometimes there's like auditions and through that, they're very supportive because like being, even if like, if you haven't gotten in, that can be really hard on yourself. Totally. And, and even when I was young, I like to tell young people this all the time. I, I didn't get all the roles in school. Sometimes I wouldn't even get in the show and sometimes I would, you know, not get the lead role. And that was really disappointing, but it kind of helps you in school when you don't get all the roles you want, because I don't get all the roles I want all the time, mm -hmm. even now doing this professionally. So it can be helpful. Do you do the theater? Do you do theater at school and stuff? Yeah, because um, my school, we're not a performing arts school, but we're pretty big on theater. So just this year, we had a musical that was like in between like winter and spring. So um, actually the week that we had to close all schools, that was our last performance. So we just hit. Yeah, so it was nice that we at least got to do our performance. Yeah, what was the show? It was Susical. Oh, I love Susical. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm so glad you got to do it and it didn't have to get postponed. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to performing arts high school either. I just went to a school that really liked theater and my drama program was really strong at my school. Um, and my teacher, my drama teacher in high school and at your age was really um, helpful at making me feel like I could do this for, for real. Um. You know how right now you're Gretchen Wieners in 
Mean Girls. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like being in a replacement of Ashley Park. Yeah. How is that different from like originating in a cast or a role? Um, how, how is it different being a replacement? Yeah, so being a replacement is interesting because you're sort of stepping into shoes that already exist, right? And so I think I've, you know, I've originated a role in one musical called American Psycho. And so I created that from the ground up. And so being a replacement is different because when I got my audition for Gretchen, there already was a Gretchen. So like, I think the biggest difference is that when I audition for things that exist, so when you audition for Elphaba and Wicked or for Eurydice and Hades Down or for Gretchen and Mean Girls, those roles exist already. So it's almost like you have this battle where you're like, okay, I definitely can't copy the person that came before me because that would be, I could never copy Ashley because I'm not Ashley. So I can't, I don't have the same voice as Ashley and we don't have, you know, just like if I were going in for Wicked, I couldn't just do what I thought was the copy of it. So it's almost like trying to find your own version of something that exists already. And it can be, it can be tricky because you only know it one way because you've heard it. Um, so the, the best thing about my audition for Gretchen was that I hadn't actually seen the show. I had heard the music because Ashley is a dear friend of mine. And I went right when the cast album came out, I listened to it because I was like, oh my gosh, Ashley's on the cast album. So exciting. Um, and she sounds glorious, obviously. But what was good about it was that I hadn't seen the show. So I, I didn't feel like I was trying to copy anybody. I was just trying to be myself. Um, and in Mean Girls, it's kind of double difficult because it wasn't only Ashley, it was Lacey from the movie, Lacey Chabert, who played Gretchen Wieners in Mean Girls, the movie. And so it's sort of like you have to let yourself go from the idea that like, okay, I have to do it exactly like Ashley did it. And really, you say, I have to do it exactly like I'm going to do it, you know, but still paying homage or giving credit to the person that came before you. Yeah. I, um, so like when I was auditioning for a role, I watched like some snippets of performances and like sometimes it's kind of cool because like people will do things like you never even thought of and watching them do it, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's great. And I, you can get ideas, you know, I think as performers, it's great for us to get ideas from watching performers around us. I feel like some of the reason that I have gotten better at things and sang certain ways and in general, not just with Mean Girls, but in general is by learning by watching somebody else and saying, oh, they do that so cool. I want to do it like that. How can I, how can I incorporate that into my own stuff? And um, I, I've seen like you've been, you're very experienced in like the theater world. Like you've been like on tours, also off Broadway and Broadway. And like, are there any like a major difference between all those three? Yeah, so, you know, I think Broadway was always my like dream because it's Broadway. But all those, the tours and off Broadway and stuff, it all, you know, it's all professional theater. So it feels good what I, they they all feel different in a little way. So tour obviously is really different because you're traveling. And so 
I started my career when I was 18 by touring and I got to see the country and that was really special. I got to see all kinds of places that I never thought I would. Um, and you said you're in Washington, right? Yeah. Are you close to Seattle? Yeah, I'm only like 20 minutes away. So Seattle is like one of my favorite cities and I don't know that I would have ever gone to Seattle if I wouldn't have toured through there. Yeah. I went, I've toured through Seattle three times. Um, and so that's kind of what I love about touring is that you get to see the country. And then Broadway is Broadway. I think what's wonderful about Broadway is that it's Broadway, right? And I get to be at my home, which is nice. And, um, and then off-Broadway, the biggest difference is that it's smaller theaters. So when I'm performing in an off-Broadway show, it's more for like, you know, it can be from anywhere between 200 people and 500 people. Whereas on Broadway is, you know, a thousand people or 1500 people, you know? And so it's smaller houses, which means that the stage is smaller um, and the budgets are smaller. So it's just, it's really where, you know, smaller shows happen or you get to develop um, new theater. Um, and I like Off-Broadway because you really get to dive into the art of it all off-Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, kind of adding on to that question, you've been in both like the Broadway of Spring Awakening and the tour. Mm -hmm. um, was that kind of different doing the tour? Because I know like Mean Girls and the tour and the Broadway have some different aspects to it, but like they're changing the Broadway. Mm -hmm. But is that kind of, it was it like, was it kind of different doing those like a tour and Broadway? Yeah, so I did the tour and Broadway of American Idiot. Um, and on what was funny was when we went on tour with American Idiot after I did it on Broadway, the biggest difference was that we had one less uh, ensemble member. So they decided for the tour to have one less person on stage. So that meant that all the staging was different. So that means I had to relearn my track that I had done on Broadway all over again because it was totally different. Um, but I think the most interesting thing about the, sh the Broadway shows that go on tour is that they have to sort of re, they're the same shows, but they have to be restructured to fit in all the different theaters around the country. Um, and so that changes the show a little bit, but as far as like the show changing in itself, Mean Girls is a little unique in that way that they changed so much for the tour. But it's kind of, I think, the way that a lot of musicals are going to go now, because when you are setting up the tour to go on, on tour, you have the writers are back in the room together. So they go, gosh, I always wanted to change that joke. Let's change it. It's, we have the time now. We have a new cast and we have the ability. Um, you know, I always hated how that song ended. Let's write a new ending. And so what's cool about that is that the writers and, you know, all the changes that happened with Mean Girls was everyone wanting the show to be even better than it was on Broadway. And you know, on Broadway, when you're opening, there's a point where all those changes have to stop. And so sometimes you, you end up having to stop and you were like, oh, if only I would have done that one last thing. And so this is a cool opportunity for the writers to be able to do that. Um, but it, it's fun to do both versions, I, I think. I'm, I'm excited for to be back at Mean Girls really soon, hopefully. Um, so that everybody can see the new version. It's, I think it's really special and, um, and it's really fun that we get to do it on Broadway too. Yeah, I was actually planning to come um, in like 
the one of the few weeks, first weeks of June, but I don't know if that's still going to happen because of this, but yeah. Oh, that's cool. You're going to see the show. Have you seen it before in person? Um, I seen it once, um, and I saw you, but yeah, so I had, but I saw it with Renee and Erica was still there and you. Oh, awesome. Do you, uh, were you on like vacation, like does your family come to New York a lot? Um, yeah, because one, when I, usually whenever my grandma comes, she always likes going there because my aunt's there. She lives there. Well, she came over now because it's getting pretty bad in New York. So uh, like two weeks ago, she came here from New York. But yeah, we usually go at least once a year. That's awesome. I Don't you love New York? It's the best. <laughs> It's like the movies, right? When I first came here, I was like, oh, I'm like in a real life movie. Yeah, because um, I was born in the Philippines and I was there until I was seven. And when we moved to America, I stayed in New York for like six months because as like a passing period. And then I went to Seattle. But wow. it was really fun being in New York because I saw a couple of Broadways. And it's, it kind of has like this aura around it that I really enjoyed. Oh, me too. Wow, you were born in the Philippines. Do you remember it or were you too young? Um, I remember it because I lived there until I was seven. Right, okay. So, and I visit there pretty frequently, at least like once every two years at least. Um, because wow. a lot of my family is there. Wow, and what brought your family to America? Uh, my mom, she was in master's here um, since I was like six, and then she got a job here at Amazon, so I moved here with her. Wow, that's amazing. You're a world traveler. That's so <laughs> cool. Yeah, so um, I have another question about me. It's kind of hard to, it was kind of hard to come up with these questions because on your YouTube channel, you already asked a lot of questions. You, I answered a lot of questions, so. Wow. Well, give me uh, any, any that you, even if you think of one off the top of your head, you can ask me anything. Um, you touched it on your channel, but like, how, what was like your process into getting into Mean Girls? Yeah, so at my stage in the business, I have an agent and I have a manager. Um, and so, you know, I had said in my YouTube channel that I had first auditioned for Katie mm -hmm. a long time ago. I sang, did you see how Mean Girls um, released that song, Boss Stuff, the other day? Yeah. Did you see that? So I auditioned with that song for Katie. So this was before It Roars <laughs> existed or any of the other songs. Um, and like I said, it didn't really go anywhere. And then a couple years later, my agent told me, okay, you know, Gretchen is up for grabs. They want to see you for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never kind of thought about it this way, but yeah, let's do it. Um, and so just in preparing for it, you know, I had to sing what's wrong with me. And like I was kind of explaining to you about being a replacement, I really didn't want to feel like I was copying um, Ashley, just because we have different voices. And so I really took the time to like, figure out how to sing it for my voice. Um, and I think that helped me in my audition, because it didn't feel like I was nervous that I wouldn't sound like her. And I think that's why my audition was successful is because they liked my version of it. Um, you know, not that it's that different from Ashley's because we're singing the same song, but 
Um, so that's kind of how I prepared for it. And like in the audition process itself, I, one of my favorite things that I did, and I didn't talk about this on my YouTube channel, um, was picking my outfit. Cause you know how crazy all of Gretchen's outfits are, right? For me, I, I kind of wear comfy sweaters and like leggings. Like I'm not a huge, you know, I don't wear a lot of skirts and dresses. And so I had a lot of fun shopping. I went to like Forever 21 and I was like, what's the girliest outfit I can find here? Cause I don't wear, I wear a lot of black. And I was like, Gretchen Wieners would not wear black. No way. So, um, so I spent a lot of time trying to find the perfect outfit and I wore this really cute little pink skirt and heels. Um, that was one of my favorite parts about getting ready for the audition because that, I think why I love Gretchen so much is because I feel like the opposite of Gretchen. And so it's fun to be able to really put on a costume and a different personality. Um, I think that Gretchen and I like are similar too. Like I can get really hyper and, you know, <laughs> have fun like that. And then I also have anxiety like Gretchen does too, um, especially with wanting people to, you know, wanting to feel like I'm enough and stuff like what she sings in the song. Um, but, you know, I feel like at least like, like uh, the dress and stuff wise, I feel really different from her. So it's fun to be here. Yeah. And Gretchen, something I observed is like she has a lot of like really quick like emotion changes like in what's wrong with me at the end when like Katie says she's gonna go like Gretchen just like switches over to her usual perky self. Which yeah. My favorite Gretchen moment was when she broke the candy cane. Oh my gosh that's <laughs> so fun to do every night. I mean that's why I like being Gretchen is because I get to access all those like I think that you know something I, I that I think about Gretchen is that we all have those feelings right sometimes like oh my gosh like I just can't express myself the right way or I want to be loved and I think that's why so many people connect with Gretchen is because you know we all just want to be enough and I think that's part of the fun of playing her is like you said those emotion changes she's like where do I need to be and who do I need to be talking to and when um and I think that that's part of the fun of it. I love it. Um, so kind of circling back on like your mental health and that kind of stuff, what do you think is the most mentally challenging part of being on Broadway or just like a professional performer? Yeah, so I, you know, people ask this a lot and I think my, my answer always changes because sometimes, you know, I think it's the schedule because it's very grueling. Um, we do eight shows a week. And so that's, that takes a lot out of me, you know, energy wise and stamina wise. But I think the most challenging part going back to, like you said, the mental health is really trying to find a way to know that you are good enough when everybody, not everybody, but when people tell you you're not. And that I think a lot of people in life, not just performers, but anybody, any business, you know, can feel that one way or the other from an accountant to a lawyer to an actor. Everyone's always going to tell you you're not good enough. And I think how we get past that and push past it is by saying, I am enough and I, I am going to do this and I am my biggest supporter. And I think that's what keeps me going is that not everybody's going to like the way that my voice sounds and the way that I act 
Some people will love it and some people will hate it. And no matter how big I get or how many shows I do, that will always stay the same. And so the most important part is how I feel about myself. And so I really, over the years, have focused on that because that, when I first started doing this as a business and when I first moved here, that really got me down. I would cry all the time, you know, if I wouldn't get something or if someone would make a comment about an audition or whatever, you know, and I think social media, and I know you're a young person, so you feel it, can be very toxic because a lot of people say horrible things on there. And so I try as much as I can to um, spread love and, you know, it can be really easy to say something mean on when you're typing but that some people read it. I've read horrible comments about me. And I, I always say, you know, why does that affect me? It's because I'm a vulnerable person, um, but I'm also just me. And so I've worked really, really hard over the years. I think a lot of actors will say this to try to separate that because that doesn't define me, what people think about me. I define me, you know? Yeah. And what's like really hard about like social media and just like, um, like doing stuff through a screen in general is also many things can be misunderstood if you don't put it the right way and that can hurt someone's feelings. Oh my gosh, that's so eloquently put. You are so smart. <laughs> and I think, I think if more people your age and my age and people that just spew things on social media thought about that and really thought about how it sounds when they type it, um, maybe we would all be a little more hesitant to send things that we're not sure. My rule is always, if I question what I'm writing, I don't send it because I, I always, I only want to lead with love. And, you know, I think sometimes, especially the position that I'm in, people don't think that we see those things and I don't see them all the time, but you know, we, we see them too. And I think we all have to take care of each other. I think more than, more than we think, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe spinning it into a more positive thing. Yeah. Do you have any like funny mishaps or stories that's ever happened to you in your career? Oh my gosh, I have so many. Holy moly. Um, I, some of the funniest things that happened actually um, were in that first, so right before we shut down for COVID, um, you know, we had put in all those changes from the tour. And we did two shows on Broadway, Mean Girls 2.0. And, you know, the week before I was in rehearsals, rehearsing the new show, but then doing the old show at night on stage. And so when Tuesday came around right before we shut down and we did the new show for the first time for an audience, oh my gosh, I was like, oh, I'm never going to get through this show. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say the wrong line. There was a part... Um, you know, you know, in the show when we all become animals for a minute, yeah. and come back. so in the new show, it comes one beat sooner that we turn into animals based on the different cue. And mm -hmm. I went late and I was like, oh my gosh, my mind is so jumbled. Um, and so those are some funny things. And then I think, uh, when I was in spring awakening, I was a swing and I was on for a role called Taya. Um, but during the day, I had been in rehearsals as Anna. So at night, when I went on for Taya, I started saying all of the Anna lines. And the girl playing Anna was like, what are you doing? Because she didn't know the Taya lines. And then we just said the same lines back to each other. It was so funny and embarrassing. Um, 
<laughs> so there's always funny things that happen, especially with like when you lose your place and you're like, oh my gosh, where am I? And it's funny. I think people think that we don't do that because how can you forget your place? You've been doing it 500 times, but that's almost when you're more likely to lose your place because you've done it so many times. Yeah. Like when you feel like you've done it so many times, kind of sometimes your brain just stops working and it's automatic, but then your brain does something wrong. And exactly. And then you're like, oh my God, where am I? What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I was looking at your resume from your, and like you have a lot of skills, like you can play the flute, but I already knew you could play the flute because you, you, I've seen about it a lot. And um, is, is there a skill that has benefited you throughout your career that you're super glad you have? Yeah. So one of my favorite skills that are on, that's on my resume that I don't talk about all that often is that I know how to um, fly. So when I was an American idiot. Oh like yeah, I, by foy, right? Yeah, flying by foy. Um, and that's a cool skill that I did not think I would ever get to learn. Um, and when I booked American Idiot and I saw the show, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm understudying her. I'm going to get to learn how to fly. And that's been a really cool thing to have on my resume because First of all, I love flying. It's so fun. Um, so that's been really cool. And then I think the most beneficial special skills are the instruments that I play. Not so much flute, though I have to give flute its credit because I, um, I know how to read music because I, learned, I knew how to play flute. So I haven't necessarily been able to audition with my flute very often. But because I learned how to play the flute, I can sight sing music, which is so helpful in what I do. Um, and so that's why I love that I played the flute. And then my piano, I'm always trying to get better at the piano. That to me is a huge, huge help, um, my piano playing. Yeah, because um, I, I saw on your resume you can play basic ukulele and I've been trying to learn that because like um I don't know if you have Disney plus but in there there was a high school musical the musical the series and um this one character played the ukulele and it was really nice because like sometimes I like to write my own songs and like she wrote her own songs with the ukulele and I thought that was really cool you write your own songs um well not a lot but sometimes I do that's amazing. I've never written a song. I'm so scared. <laughs> That's so cool. You should totally learn the ukulele. I have the ukulele. I, I want to get back to it. In this time off, I've been trying to play my instruments more. And um, I want to play the ukulele more. You should totally learn that song. Yeah. Post it and tag me so I can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, yeah, because, like, you also have Pop Rock Broadway as well, right? Yeah. And I, I haven't been able to, but I was, I wanted to do one of those Q&A sessions. Like, I thought you had one this week as well, right? Yeah, we have a, well, the, the classes that we have right now this weekend are to sing your own song and then mm -hmm. me and Debbie work with you. But we're going to have another session like the first one where it's, um, it's a minimal like entrance fee and then it's just a Q&A where we just talk like this. So um, but that's been a really nice side project for me and Desi because we, we want to talk to young people and help people that want to do this for a living. And like going on talking to young people, do you have like any advice for like young performers or aspiring performers? 
Absolutely. I think it's, you know, I think the most important thing is for us to be ourselves. And then secondly is really pushing like the, the gas pedal, you know, foot on the gas pedal, forward momentum, making your own projects. I mean, I'm totally inspired by you that you started a podcast at your age, because I think that's what we have to do, right? We have to create as much as we can. And it's not just about booking the roles. It's about saying, I'm going to make my own creation. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to learn the ukulele. I'm going to do this. And I think that that's the most important thing as an artist is that you have to create your own art um, so that you can, you know, start your momentum. And then also just being ready for it to be a little challenging, like I said, with the rejection, but that you are enough and that you'll make it through, but you have to be willing to say, okay, you don't want me, then the next person will want me. And you don't want me, then the next person will want me. And someone's going to believe in my talent, but you have to tell yourself that you are enough and believe in yourself. That's so important. Yeah, that, yeah, because there's a lot of times when, like, if you don't get something, you kind of feel let down, but it's really, um, you, you can't let that bring you down, because, like, there are so many other opportunities that, like, you're going to get later, or you don't stop, or if you, like, maybe, like, even the next day, because if you just stop then, then you're not going to go any farther. Absolutely, and not only that, but you know, you have to believe that it's all the, that your path is already written, you know, your story is written. So you have to trust that whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen for you. Yeah. Very, that's very inspiring. Thank you. You're very inspired. I'm so inspired by you. <laughs> Thank you. 